You're listening to Saber and Sage Unplugged, and I'm your host, Stephanie Renee. Each season, I'll be hooking up with a diverse group of folks that are unplugging and giving an unfiltered glimpse into their lives, creative process, and dropping that sage advice to carry us through life. We are continuing our season of journeys. And in this week's episode, Nicole Annette shares her journey to building an intentional foundation to live a more balanced, yet nuanced life. Nicole Annette is a writer, coach, and the creator of Journal Junkie, where she makes handcrafted books. Nicole's mission is to teach women to identify, redefine, rewrite, and release toxic stories so they can flourish and have a greater impact in their lives, their families' lives, and their businesses. One of the reoccurring themes during our conversation was our journey to self-care and self-love. When we started on this path, one of my favorite quotes from Audre Lorde came to mind, which says, caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. It's time to bloom. Thank you so much for joining me. I've been so excited to uh, talk with you and just learn a little bit more about you. Um, So why don't we just start with how did your journal journey, excuse me, to Journal Junkie begin? Well, first, thanks for having me. Excited to be in this conversation with you. Journal Junkie began, as I was thinking about it this week, I was like, okay, when did it really begin? I have a story where I'm like, okay, this is where it started. But it started way before that. It started at nine years old. And I got my first journal. But at five years old, I started selling paper products. So I would like make paper shoes, paper purses, paper books, and sold paintings and everything to my friends. So I started the entrepreneurial journey at five years old. So moving forward to my late 20s, um, I worked nonprofit and um, in education, never in corporate. And so I worked at one of this, one of my favorite nonprofits was laying off. And everyone was expecting a pink slip except for me and two other people. And so I remember we all got into this big room. People were crying. We loved our jobs, but the funding just ran out. And they called everyone's name, got down to the end, and called Nicole Nunley. I was like, what? Tears started pouring. I was so angry and so upset that it was a huge disappointment. My team was upset. They told me this lie that I was going to be saved and they went back on their word. So after that, I said, never again would anybody else be in charge of my financial freedom. Never. And I've never held a regular job since. So after that, I found a job as an assistant for this old dusty wedding shop and I was in there shopping 
for my wedding because I was getting married that June. And it was January of that year. And I was like, do you need some help? Because I mean, literally she had piles of paper everywhere. She had dust all over her shelves and the place was empty. And so she was like, yes, I need help. And so she ended up hiring me to help her, which ended up in some discounts for me and my wedding. Well, she taught me everything I know today about paper, paper products, invitations, how to cut, how to fold, and how to run a stationary business. And so when I got married, I got married that June, my husband lost his job in May of that year. And so I moved from Ohio down to North Carolina and we didn't have any income. And it was another space of time, a weird transition, very hard, very uncertain. We just got a nice fancy apartment, got some, he had just got a new car and we didn't have any income. And so I bought journals all the time. And one day he was like, babe, we cannot afford your journal habit. So why don't you try to like make some books or something? And so I had a friend when I was in Ohio and she had told me about this place called Etsy where you can sell your, your handmade products. And so I said, okay, I'll make my own journals. And so I went to Michael's and got some little journals and some glue and a paintbrush and some cute papers and literally glued new covers on and sold them for $10. But would you know that those journals paid our income for three months? The journal wow. shop just started popping just no experience. People just came through and they loved what I offered. And so that was the beginning um, of the Journal Junkie story. And that was in August of 2008. And it has greatly transitioned and uh, evolved since then. But that's the roots. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And especially just kind of hearing that it kind of started... Um, just kind of, even when you were younger, um, kind mm -hmm. of this kind of, even though you may not have thought you were going to go that pathway, but eventually, you know, it was kind of like full circle and you came back to it and just kind of how everything went. That's amazing. Um, right. So tell me a little bit. Um, I saw a phrase, I forget if I was on your website or if I was on your Etsy page, but I saw the phrase story shared and love can change another another's world. What does that mean for you? Mm, that's a heavy phrase that I stick to all the time. And what it means to me is I think what we're lacking in our current world, our current society is self-love. And that just means mm. self-love is so deep to me because it's like the foundation out of which everything else grows. And so even in all the unrest that we've had in 2020, I'm just looking at people that don't love themselves. That's what it boils down to for me. And so when we can't love ourselves, then of course, we don't know how to effectively love other people. And so when we tell, we tell ourselves all kinds of stories, right? And most of the times, the stories that we share with ourselves are fake. It's not real life. We hide from our truth. We hide from um, our authenticity. We hide from who we are. And so when we tell ourselves certain personal narratives, then we are unable to be truthful to ourselves. 
and that portrays out outwardly as well as our communities and our relationships. And so, in my opinion, when we begin to, when we start the practice of truth telling to ourselves, that's an act of love. And when we get to understand ourselves, when we get to dive into self-awareness and we're able to create that relationship with ourselves based on truth, then that is a relationship based on love. And when we are able to do that, then I feel like that transcends to every part of our life. And we are able to love ourselves. Then of course, we're able to love someone else fully and nourish them. And that can change their world because we've changed our world. And loving ourselves gives others permission to love themselves and to do their work. And so I just see it as a cycle of yeah. reciprocal love. And that's why I'm just so, such a, a passionate woman about serving women and helping women because I feel like we are the core of our communities and the core of our communities needs to be expressed in love so that that can radiate out, you know, and ultimately change the world. Yes, yes, most definitely. And I think throughout this, this pandemic and everything that happened in 2020, and we're still in it, I mean, everything that you're saying, I think for a lot of um, people, that's something that they've been able to at least try to tap into. Mm-hmm. And I think some folks have even struggled with even how to, how to tap into that. And so for you, um, like what has been some of the ways that you've tapped into loving and caring yourself? Because what I'm hearing you say is, um, for one, it makes me think of the Audre Lorde quote that, um, and I can't, I can't remember it all the way, but self-care is radical, right? Yeah. And also yeah. looking at self-care within that self-care, you also have community care. Mm-hmm. And um, in order to have community care, you have to, you have to care for yourself. You have to love yourself, but it right. is also part of that community care. For you, what are some of the things that you've done to tap into that that care for yourself and then to pour it out into community i'm actually looking for that um audrey lord quote yes, i just I know. wrote I it like, down yesterday <laughs> i was like oh i have it somewhere i don't want to take up a lot of time looking for it but i know exactly what you're talking i love correct but the way i tap into it is again just real just realizing my truth you know um i've been through a lot of transition One of the greatest transitions that really evolved me to where I am today started probably, I think it was 2011, after my first son was born. And a year after he was born, I began to have severe physical illnesses Mm. and manifestations of illness. And like my neck was sore, my eyes started bulging, um, my skin began to change colors. I lost a lot of weight, 40 pounds, maybe in 30 days, a lot of weakness. And I went to the doctor and they told me I had a severe case of Graves disease, which is 
a form of hyperthyroidism. And so that began a journey of health for me in every area of my life, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, of course, physical health. And for a year, I chased every path of healing, all right? And it may have helped, but nothing solved the problem. And so I realized that I was facing radiation treatment, which was the only way I can get the help that I needed. So during this time, I was very depressed. During this time, I was in emotional distress, mental distress, um, as well as physical distress. And so when I had to face the radiation treatment that required that I was separated from all human contact for 10 business for 10 days. Mm -hmm. And so my son was not newborn, but a year old. He was 500 miles away with my parents. My husband had to move to a different part of the house and I was alone for the first time in maybe since I was born. (laughs) I have like five brothers and sisters. And so sitting there alone, I had built my business. It was about two years, three years old. And but I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything to show for, for it. Didn't really have anything to show for all the effort I had put into my life. And at that time, sitting with this radiation in my body, hating that I was a very uh, natural person and faced a lot of resentment with the depression about why am I sick? Very selfish centered um, young adult that I was. And I began to write, I began to write my way to healing and write my way to love and begin to ask myself important questions like, what am I here for? Uh, How am I serving others? We had family and friends who had to bring our meals every day for 10 days. And they would bring our meals and put it on the threshold of the front door. And I would open the door when they left and wave through the window, bend down, which was a very humbling experience for me to bend down and get the things that we needed. I was a person who was like, I got this. I don't need anyone helping me. I always said, no, thanks. Thank you. You know, never accepted help. And that changed a lot of that, that dug out a lot. And I began to write my truths. And dear Nicole, and dear beautiful letters to myself for those 10 days. And a lot of truth unfolded between the pages of my books. And all I had was my journal, God and my ink pen. (laughs) And so I just wrote and wrote. And as I wrote, I began to unravel some of the personal narratives that I have built for my life. And um, as I began to do that, I began to notice the me, who was the real me, who was the vulnerable me, who was the authentic me, and how did she show up in the world, you know, what does she have to offer, how was she leaving a mark and leaving an impact on those that she loved and cared for, how was she showing this love, what was she giving, and so asking all of those deep questions, and that that really allowed me to see myself for who I was. And as I began to see myself, I began to accept what I saw and thank myself 
for who I was as a person and all my experiences for what they have created me to be in that moment. And then just let it go, just release what no longer served me in that moment and decided how am I gonna move forward? And um, so I did that and that just building that relationship with myself is what helped me cultivate self-love. And that was actually my first journal I wrote based on that experience and it's called Bloom. And that's how I began to bloom and flourish when we're at a time in that period. I love that. Uh, bloom. Yeah, and we all need to bloom. Right. And I found the quote. It's um, the Audre Lorde quote. It's caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I, I, I know I feel like I've been kind of in that mode um, really, I mean, for a couple of years probably, but really kind of coming into the knowing of that, I think a little bit more um, mm-hmm. over this past year. And so it almost sounds like you kind of already went through your 2020. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and so that experience just kind of prepared you for what we've been going through for the past year mm-hmm. and into mm-hmm. 2021 and really just kind of shows, you know, I, I've looked at some of your videos on Instagram and your posts. And really that's what I feel that you try to give back to people and help them to bloom. Right. Yeah. I love giving women a chance to hear their own voice mm-hmm. and doing that through a radical act of writing. I also, I also believe that that is the greatest act of, um, what do you call it, when you protest and you are holding the signs and what is that called? I'll start with the A. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. The greatest act of activism mm-hmm. is to find your own voice mm-hmm. for yourself and to speak your truth. And um, that's kind of, yeah, I love to use that because many of us find ourselves jumping on other people's bandwagons and not even knowing why we're there because their voice sounds louder and their voice sounds more confident and their voice sounds like it's right. Let me come over here on their side. But you have your voice as well. You have something to say as well. You have an, an impact that you can make. And so being able to get in touch with that voice via writing. That's that's the start. And I just love to share that message. Right on. So my next question for you, many of us are juggling different aspects of our lives, of just life in general, especially women. Mm-hmm. Um, we are so multi-layered, multi-faceted, um, multi-hyphenated, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> But can you speak a little bit about like creating balance and allowing yourself to indulge? Balance is not a word, Stephanie. You know that. That's not true. (laughs) People kill me. They're like, you know, don't say balance. That's like a bad word. But I love the word balance because I think it can be achieved. Call me radical, but I think it is. Let me tell you a quick story. Um, I took a speaking class a couple of years ago in person. (laughs) My coach, I was speaking in front of a crowd of maybe 20 people. 
And she came over in the middle of my speech I worked so hard for, and she pus pushed me. And I completely <laughs> fell off balance, right? But she was, I was like, what? Like, what was that about? She said, because you're off balance. So I want you to stand here firm on your foundation, tighten your core, tighten who you are from the inside out, stand your ground as you find your voice. And so I did that and I began to share my speech again and she came over and gave me a nudge. And this time I was there, I was balanced, I was firm. And so what I took from that is balance is not this arbitrary thing that we're trying to grasp out in the universe, right? It is something that is created based on the foundation that you have established. And so in my work, I teach that your foundation begins with your core values. And if you know what your core values are and you are aware of whether or not you are in alignment with your core values and you're able to create boundaries to protect these core values and live within that system that you've created for yourself, then you can have balance. It doesn't mean that everything's gonna be you know, 80 and 80 or 60 and whatever, 60 and 60. No, it may be 60 and 40, it may be 80 and 20, but it's just where it needs to be in order for your life to align and to run smoothly. And so that's how I treat my life. I constantly ask myself, what do I need more of right now in this moment? What do I need less of right now in this moment? I have done years of self-awareness work. And so for me, it just comes naturally to check in with myself throughout the day, kind of like uh, a ship adjusting its sails as it goes throughout the day. I'm constantly adjusting myself to my environment, to my relationships, to see what's going on. How am I feeling? What am I thinking right now? How is that making me feel? How is my actions being um how my actions being guided by my thoughts and my feelings. So it's a constant thing that I'm doing in my mind, but that is how I maintain balance. And I don't do it perfectly all the time because I was just at a burnout stage a couple of weeks ago. I was like, okay, Nicole, you here, which means you are out of balance. So let me come back to what you need right now. And for me, my greatest core value is peace and rest. And I've let some things um, interrupt me from my peace and my rest. And so that is why I was burned out a couple of weeks ago. But um, my indulgence, my indulgence, I'm here at this hotel as we speak. And I just got finished with cream cheese and Panera bread, cinnamon crunch bagel, and a Lent almond chocolate ball. So physically those are my, you know, what I love to eat, Those but just sitting, <laughs> <laughs> but literally just sitting still and listening to silence for me in a, a home of a lot of testosterone and a lot of noise. For me, quiet is an indulgence. I'm a highly sensitive in the individual, INFJ classically, and I have to recharge. And so being able to sit in quiet without being disturbed, that is the ultimate indulgence for me right now in this season. What about you? I like 
two-way conversation. <laughs> so how do you regain balance or maintain balance in your life? I'd love to hear it. I think that's been one of the things that I've been working on because mm-hmm. trapped in the cycle of work and work and work and work and work. And you often have you forget to stop. Um, And even from what you were saying is like, how do you stop kind of recenter yourself and start thinking about what that foundation looks like? Mm -hmm. And even me and my husband, we've been talking a lot about like, what is our foundation? And then how do we build on that foundation? And you know, sometimes we get so caught up in life, we forget like the foundation is the most important thing. And we get so caught up in just building but then we don't have a strong foundation Mm -hmm. and so taking a step back and going on walks more we've actually been talking about like trees like what's the foundation of the tree and the different aspects of a of a tree and you know some have deep roots some have shallow roots and all of that is for different reasons and so Sometimes it's to hold up community. And I know for me, just being out and being out in nature to like recenter myself mm-hmm. and to be okay with saying, I'm actually going to stop. Right, right. <laughs> stop that's so hard. Or stop doing work or just be by myself because that's what I need. And mm-hmm. it's nothing wrong with that. For me, that's been a real key thing for balance, even though it may make, make it may make other folks mad sometimes. Right. But I'm like, you know, it's important for me to be able to take that time for myself, no matter what it is. It could be binging on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get a little bit of, you know, sometimes my brain just needs to. Mm-hmm. Just do something that doesn't make doesn't make any sense for me creating balance and finding different ways for me to create that balance. I think like what you said um, earlier, like people kind of look at balance as something that's unattainable. But I think one of the reasons that we may think it's unattainable is because we're scared to just stop. People don't like quiet. Mm-hmm. you know people truth. get uncomfortable <laughs> with quiet yes. <laughs> and I think that's because we've been conditioned in our society to just keep going sometimes we just need to stop yes. so that is that's me <laughs> how do you identify with personality are you INFJ or do you know your Myers-Briggs you know, or... Yeah, I'm trying to think, have I taken the Myers-Briggs test before? Because I've taken, mm, what is that other one? The Enneagram? No, it's something yeah. 2.0. And I got, I have the book somewhere. Doggone it, what is that called? <laughs> <laughs> but with that one, it has me as, I know one of my traits is like connector, problem solver goodness and it's been like a few years back I can't even remember everything which is pretty true I mean everything that I do teacher is one of them Mm -hmm. just the work that I do and I think different things that I've just kind of done in life I always like I never could be like a classroom teacher and like teaching kids I teachers are amazing I just know (laughs) that's not my calling (laughs) I know, I hear you. I just know that's not my calling. But I do like to teach people. 
and right. but it's teaching in different ways right so I like to cook and I love when I can share um, maybe different food facts that mm-hmm. people don't know or like history about food people don't know so yeah. that's my way of teaching um, I love connecting people I'm always trying to figure out um, oh, you know what? It may be good for this person to connect with that person, Yeah, you know? So those are like different ways I like to connect in and teach people. So I know with the Myers-Briggs, so doesn't it do personalities? Like if you're an extrovert and introvert and all that, doesn't it look at all mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I what I can tell you <laughs> is that uh, I'm definitely an extrovert. But mm-hmm. I do have introverted qualities because right. I just like to be by myself sometimes. And at the same time, I remember I had a, a old boyfriend told me that I'm the most extroverted, introverted person he's <laughs> ever seen because like at a party or something, I am just like the life of the party. Mm-hmm. I got you. We're going to have fun together. And then at the same time, when I don't want to be around people, I don't want to be around people. I just need to yeah. be by myself I'm like my own best friend (laughs) so yes yeah at the party I'm like the wallflower I'll observe all of y'all having fun and I'll just probably like oh it's interesting analyze everybody and stuff so yeah but I love public speaking though so that's Mm. very interesting so I know you you do a lot with women so my next question for you, what's some sage advice your mama gave you or any strong woman that was that strong influence in your life? Well, what comes top of mind is people are people. And what she meant by that, every time I was, when I was young, I would have some kind of incident with another woman. I was the kind of person that had all the guy friends. Because mm-hmm. me and women, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> and so I was like, my best friend was guys all up into, you know, high school and college. And so every time I would be in some kind of altercation or something with another girl, she was like, a girl, just people are people. Let people be people. And what she was telling me, I mean, it still resonates today, especially when I transitioned from Cleveland, Ohio to North Carolina. It was a cultural shock. It was a, a lot of difference. Um And I had to just let people be people. And what she was saying was give each person permission to be themselves in the best way possible with what they have in that moment. And you have permission to show up as yourself in the best way possible with what you have and know in this moment. And that just helped me to like give and forgive knowing that I'm not perfect I'm not going to expect you to be perfect. We all are living the same human experience. None of us have all the answers. We're all working through trial and error. And so when you have your error, that's cool. I'll let you have your error because I have mine too. And so just people are people. Let people be people. That has always just kind of ran through um, my life, even to this moment. Yeah, that's one that you can just take through life for anybody, anybody, male, female, whatever. Mm -hmm. Animals, you got to let an animal just be an animal. (laughs) Yeah, you know, because I think we get so caught up to and 
sometimes you want people to like you and mm-hmm. you know you may do everything you can for them to like you and just not happening i mean so, hey not everybody's yeah. gonna like you everybody's not gonna be your friend and you do you just have to let them be let them be yeah. and everything will work out that is good advice and so it also go I'm sorry sorry it just it would have helped me to um was also make space for compassion for other mm-hmm. people because when someone doesn't show up as their best self in the moment instead of me judging that person and you know it's it's a work in progress because automatically our human humanness rises up like I'm gonna judge you like that's crazy this is what my thoughts are about you but you know when you look through the lens of people are imperfect and you know then that just kind of makes space for compassion which I have needed greatly in my life um and so it just kind of changed my, that's again, back tied, tied into that love, you know, compassion with ourselves. You are just human. You're going to make mistakes. Okay. Give yourself permission to have that error. Give yourself permission to go through that trial and, and not have it perfect without judging yourself, just giving yourself that self-compassion that you need in that moment. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think it's uh, perfect in the Greek doesn't mean necessarily perfect how we think of it um, Mm -hmm. in English language, but Mm -hmm. it's more about maturing. And so what are you doing? How are you perfecting yourself? How are you maturing yourself? How are you growing yourself? And, you know, that's a constant thing that we should be doing throughout life. And uh, yeah, that's what I, I, I got from that. So, you know because I do a lot of cooking. Actually, before we get to that, because I shared with you, you know, sometimes I have guests share a recipe. Um, and you know, I don't even know if you cook. <laughs> Did not even ask you that. So we'll get to that in a second. But what's your secret recipe for staying grounded? Secret recipe for staying grounded. I kind of, I guess, touched on this a little bit. It's the framework that I use in my work. And it's a four-part process, and it begins with self-awareness. Again, asking myself, what do I need in this moment? What do I want more of? What do I want less of? And then moving to intention. You know, how do I want to feel in this moment? What do I want to be thinking in this moment? Um, What is my why about what am I doing right now in this moment? And I really use this when I feel overwhelmed, frustrated, chaotic um, and stressed. And so when I'm feeling those emotions, anxiety, I know that I'm a little out of balance. And so this is my foundation. So again, self-awareness, intention, and then taking action from that place of intention. And then constant reflection, again, checking in with myself, what is going right right now? What isn't going right? What slight shift can I make in this process to get me back to where I need to be as far as alignment with my core values. Thank you. Okay, so I didn't ask you if you cook. Do you cook? I cook. <laughs> <laughs> you like I cook. So do you do it well? <laughs> my family is fed. No, I do. I enjoy cooking. I enjoy baking. I recently have made it an intention to cook more 
because I would like to just enjoy the process more. The way I cook is just because it's necessity. So I need food for the table. Let's just get this done quickly as possible. Let's be healthy enough and let's eat. But, you know, I, I really want to, I look at your pictures and your shares and they are so inspiring. And I even took, um, I think, was it you that made some kind of biscuits or yeast biscuits, yeast rolls or something? I thought, I've I think. I've done some biscuits. I've done a couple a of biscuits. Back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make these. I am going to set aside a Saturday and make these. So I like to be inspired, but really I don't. Um, it's not a huge passion of mine. Yeah. <laughs> that is okay. <laughs> that is okay. I don't know that many people that are like, it's a huge passion to cook. I think some folks have been thrust into the passion over this past year, but I do love to see when when people start getting into to cooking and baking. I'm not much of a baker. I've started getting more into baking lately. Like almost every weekend I've been working on um, Japanese milk bread, hmm. which is amazing. Amazing. So I'll probably post that at some point, but yeah, those carbs will get you into trouble. So what's your favorite guilty pleasure food though? I love pasta. Mm. I make a mean spaghetti. That is something that somebody can say, what does, what does she make? Spaghetti. Yeah. I make a mean spaghetti. Um, so anything pasta, anything Asian food, not anything, but Asian food, noodles, vegetables, meat. Yeah. So I'm, I'm more of a pasta girl. Nice. What's your wind down routine? It could be wind down, wine, W I N E, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> w H I N E. <laughs> um, really, I try to be intentional with the wind down routine. Like, that's very important to me because, again, I need my time. And at the end of a busy, chaotic day with boys, puppy, life, home, business. And everything else at 7 30 8 o'clock that's my time and so being very intentional about shutting the house down so that I can have my moment to breathe I usually drink tea um, in the evenings do my reflection work in the evenings maybe some yoga or some stretching like bedtime to me is so important. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it's, it's really simple. Just maybe some soft music, some writing, and a cup of tea, and quiet. That's all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been, like, struggling with having a good, um, and I was thinking about doing a post, because I was like, maybe if I write a post on this, this will, like, kick me into gear, <laughs> right. doing better at, like, my bedtime routine and everything, because, Sometimes I'll be all over the place. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, girl, you cannot do this. <laughs> this has got to be better. I usually always get eight hours of sleep, but still, I think my sleep could be better if yeah. I had a better routine, you know? And so that's one of my intentions yeah. to start working on that routine. 
I just recently actually started that and it has made the world a difference because I told you about my burnout period um, later last month and just researching what I needed just literally on Google. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just feel so depleted. And I always thought I needed five, six hours of sleep. I'm good. But as a highly sensitive person, I need like eight, nine, maybe 10 hours of sleep. Because I'm a night owl. owl. Like after 12, I'm like, ooh, creative mode, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Let's do this, sis. We can can work. House is quiet. Let's do this. And so I'm that person. And so having to make myself, you know, invite myself, not make, invite myself to respect myself and honor what I need right now and go to bed early. But I get up more, I get up early now around five o'clock. And so I've never been a morning person, but I've had to make that shift for my own mental sake. And so that has really made a difference, I must say. Yeah. And I like that invite myself to do something yeah. <laughs> instead of making myself do something. Mm-hmm. I, yes, I'm going I'm to use that one. <laughs> I'm going to use that one. Yeah, I'm a total. I like the mornings. I can mm. get up in the mornings and okay, be go, so go last gadget. question. When the you're mornings, home That's alone, like my time. Blank. But nighttime? Blank. Blank. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not the business at all. <laughs> That's so something I've like the so most boring life ever. That is like very <laughs> important to me. Is when music. I come alone, so I'm sitting in quiet. Like, seriously, I thrive now. off quiet. It's just my literally. We have woods in the back of piano. our house, mm. and so I'm a pianist. I make I, I was walk out I in the woods. Oh, awesome! I've been playing since five and music has been like what I need. the underlying, I'm not doing no this has been a part of our foundation yeah, going up, classical music, I am sitting um, guitar, the sound of classical guitar, um, singing, yes, I mean, so shoot. anything, <laughs> yeah, really classical, I know, I really, you know, I'm like Claude Debussy, that's one of my, he's one of my favorites, I do not um, know, just relaxing, like, that's peaceful background think. music. I my love husband, to sing. He'll ask me, what are you doing? Because um, I will be yeah, like so, in the bathroom. Just that's always some kind of quiet. And mm-hmm. I love I it. Just I love think. it. Yeah, we're a musical house too. Like, so yeah, I play the piano while in the shower. And sing. <laughs> my dad was uh, mm-hmm. a preacher. Communing with so myself. He's pastor of the church that I grew <laughs> up in. Best work in the shower. So, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. all kinds of ideas start <laughs> that I'll be on somebody's piano, quiet and something. Yes, we all need to embrace. Quiet music is more. We all need it. Okay, so tell people a little bit. Like, how can they find you? Where are you? Let us know all that information. Well, I'm primarily on Instagram. Like, that's my jam. I love the community that we've built there um, in regards to um, journaling. So I'm always there at Journal Junkie with a Y. And then you can find me on my website at www.letswriteforachange.com. Nice. And do you still have the Etsy shop? People can get to Etsy from your website as well? Mm-hmm. From the website or Instagram, there's links to the Etsy shop, or you can just search Etsy Journal Junkie with the Y. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Nicole. I'm 
so happy that we had a chance to connect and Same here. I had a chance to learn a little bit more about you and the amazing work that you're doing. Um, and it's just good to be able to connect with people that you right. kind of see virtually. And even yeah. though this is a real life, we still virtual, but <laughs> <laughs> it's still kind of real life. Yeah. But yeah, I just really enjoyed this conversation with you. I know there's some things can't wait to listen to this again so I can um yeah just reflect and everything so thank you so much and I look forward to learning more from you and just seeing everything that blooms from all of the work that you're doing thank you so much Stephanie I appreciate your your um you're asking me to have this conversation I've loved it Thanks for listening to Savor and Sage Unplugged. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and to stay up to date, head over to savorandsage.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. And thank you for all of your DMs, emails, all those shouts of encouragement. Stay tuned for the next episode, which drops next Sunday.